Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Brizzy Atlantic. We are your hosts, web designer Ross Barber. And singer-songwriter Marcia Novelli. This week we are joined by New York-based independent singer-songwriter Ron Pope. Ron has released four albums independently, and his music can be heard on shows including The Vampire Diaries, 90210, and So You Think You Can Dance. Ron's currently working on a new album, and we're excited to hear about his experience as an independent musician and what's coming up. Hey, Ron, how's it going? Hey. I'm great, fellas. Thanks for having me. No worries. How's that uh, cell phone working as an internet connection right now doing for you? <laughs> so far, so good. Uh, yeah, the uh, all of the internet is apparently down in Brooklyn. So, oh like I said, yeah, everybody's you know, everybody that's like you know making like artisanal candles that smell <laughs> like ostrich eggs and stuff like all that ridiculous nonsense that gets created in in, in Brooklyn. They're without internet right now, so. So I don't think you're going to be getting any sponsorship or licensing <laughs> yeah. deals from uh, from those guys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Ron, not. right off the bat, uh, tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Um, I am not Dr. Dre. I would say that's the first thing. I'm not Dr. Dre. Wow. Well, um, I mean, you learn something every day, really. So. That's one. I'm not Dr. Dre. Um, Breaking the news on Bridge Atlantic here. Yeah, that's... Because sometimes you look at us and you're like, oh my God, is that Dr. Dre? And I'm like, no, please, please, please. Um, so I'm, I'm not Dr. Dre. Um, I am not a reggae artist either. No reggae um, at all. No reggae to speak of. And I really like pasta. Three things. Three very interesting things that I have never said in an interview. Can you say, so, can you say that again, the last thing? You say, just say I the word. Like Pasta? Pasta. I say pasta. Pasta. Pasta? You say pasta or pasta? Pasta. Pasta. Yeah, there we go. Pasta. Some people say pasta. I know people... Yeah, I know, Marcio. Thanks for for bringing that up again. (laughs) No, actually... yeah, it's actually Marcio always my wife's side of the family who's from from London, England. They say pasta. (laughs) Pasta. Because that's the right way. Oh, is it? Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so... Ron, we're going to go back in time a little bit. Not actually back in time. Because, that would be oh, awesome. That would be cool. Would be um, awesome. And we want to talk a little bit about A Drop in the Ocean. Um, obviously, big, big hit on YouTube. Um, and then the season one winner of The Voice ended up releasing it as their first single. Um, how, did, how did that happen? So, um, well, you know, so the song is kind of, this, so I put out A Drop in the Ocean in 2005, and then it became a, a giant thing all over the internet. So it wasn't just YouTube. At first it was on MySpace, and then it was oh, yeah. YouTube. And I mean, now it has, I don't know, like 35 million plays on Spotify, stuff like that. So it's kind of everywhere. And, I, and on iTunes, I mean, I've sold uh, over a million copies of it. Uh, it's just, you wow. know, kind of been a great big thing. And so... Everything with that song has been incredibly organic, as with everything else in my career. It's, you know, all of the licenses that I've gotten from for television have been 
very you know relationship based a person who likes my music they'll know somebody on the, who is the, is the person who picks the music for a show and they'll say oh you know in the same way that if you heard a song you might call a friend and say hey i heard, you know or write them on facebook and say hey i heard this song you'd like well that has happened with television placements you know someone will say oh you work on that television show well i bet you would like this song and so all of that stuff happened very organically and then I had a deal with the label that you get, uh, you you win a record deal with if you mm. win The Voice. And oh. so I think that's how they became aware of the song. Uh, and so that's how it was recorded so did by you have Javier a, Colon, who's a great artist. So did you have a licensing deal prior to this or did you end up yeah. getting a licensing deal because of this? Yeah, no licensing deal. Really? Like, the, te- the, te- the television stuff has come... From me, yeah, all yeah, you know, all of the t- the placements. Like every time you have ever heard my songs placed on television, it's been just you know somebody heard it through a friend or something along those lines. Like the guy from the guy who used to put the music on nine hundred two one zero, his daughter heard the music and she liked it, and then she shared it with him. So stuff That's like amazing. that. Yeah, it's cool, and that's why we invited you on the show because I've listened to your music for a couple of years, and we tweeted each other actually when your most recent album came out. I remember tweeting you to say that I was really enjoying it, and you you tweeted back, um, and yeah, so that's why I thought of to invite you on the show. And you've oh. you've done so much. You've uh, you've released four independent albums, and you have 145 singles on iTunes. So it's just, uh, oh, that's all. So, I, so I've released. Uh, 11 independent albums actually Ele- wow 11. something's wrong <laughs> so, now, yeah. now a few are, are a few of those are live albums though right um i don't so studio albums let's, yeah let's do it because i'm not sure so okay so there's <laughs> the first record that i made is oh, so I, I i'm in a group called the district mm. and it used to be um a group that just performed my songs and it, and it was just me singing. And now it's different. So I won't count the records that I've made with them since we changed it to something different. But when it was just a group, it was me singing the songs. We made two full-length albums with them. And then I made Daylight, which is a studio, my first studio full-length album. That's three. And then next is the New England Sessions. And that's a, you know, another one. Um, and we made the Whatever It Takes one. The, there's that one. That's five. Uh, Atlanta is six. Calling off the dogs is seven. Twenty six Tuesdays, which is a project that I did. That's like uh, I, for twenty six weeks, I released a new single, and then I ended up releasing them as two full length albums and an EP. Um, so that's what is that? That's 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 ten, and that's not including like EPs and live records and stuff like that. So yeah, man, and then that's not including. I've also made two records with the district. The new and the new version of the district is me and five other guys who are all uh, songwriters, and we take turns singing lead and we switch instruments. It's kind of like the band. I love it. Uh, so not even counting that. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I I'm kind of a. I, I'm kind of addicted to creating content, so we make a lot of content. Apparently, <laughs> as yeah. we can see. Sorry, we got that number off. Uh, 
Uh, we, we have to contact I our to- team of researchers. <laughs> yeah, which would be me. Yeah. Which would be Ross. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, didn't, I didn't even know myself off the top of my head. You saw that I had to count exactly. on my fingers. So. So and then I'm in the, the process. I'm sorry, keep going. No, please, please, you keep going. Okay, I'm now in the process of finishing uh, the next record. That's exactly you know, what I was going to ask you. <laughs> so that's perfect. <laughs> So, yeah. so perfectly yeah tell us about it please you've been I, I believe you've been recording on the road actually so i was on tour for about uh nine months like pretty much continuously last year um like i don't think i was home for any more than six days in a row or something like that oh, yeah it was pretty crazy and so in october i had a tour booked that was 10 dates uh, in the u.s and so I got together this, it's like my dream team of musicians, um, the, all the guys in New York who I have always wanted to be on tour with, but for varying reasons, I couldn't get them all together. And for some reason, it just kind of became this incredibly fortuitous thing where everything fell together and everybody came out on the road. Uh, and so we started with two weeks in a house in Georgia and kind of literally going back to my roots so that we could figuratively go back to my roots. (laughs) So, I mean, so my last album, Calling Off the Dogs, was very experimental. There's Mm -hmm. lots, you know, from a a compositional standpoint, from a production standpoint, all of it, it's very much, you know, know, crazy key changes and tempo changes and songs that are written with movements like classical pieces and there's big orchestral arrangements and electronic stuff and you know crazy sonic landscape stuff so it's really like quite a journey and i decided that once i got this group of guys together i started writing songs they all they all can really sing all the guys in my in my new band um and so uh i I decided i would start writing songs you know just to see if i could write some stuff that felt good with a giant harmony stack you know, kind of uh, begin, you know, it, it turned into a very rootsy thing automatically because I just started writing these songs for a big group of people to sing. And so then we started in a house in Georgia uh, for two weeks before the tour and we started recording there and, and hanging out there and rehearsing because I could never get everyone all together till two weeks before the tour. So I just transplanted them all from new york and then locked them in this house basically (laughs) and uh yeah so we ended up um we recorded all of the shows on uh, on the tour we um my buddy ted young who's a grammy award-winning engineer and incredible dude he did he engineered my last album and so i said to him i was like hey man do you want to come on tour with us? And, you know, asking a guy who's a studio engineer to go on tour, you know, that's not, that's not what they do, you know? So, uh, so, you know, he, I, I expected him to say, ah, you know, I'm used to being in a, in a climate controlled environment all day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and instead he was like, you want to go on tour? Hell yeah. I want to go on tour. Where could my bunk be? Let's go. And, uh, so, so he came on the road and so we, we, recorded all of the show like super high five and then um back in new york we've been back in the studio uh finishing the records so at this point we've recorded a ton of stuff and i think we're we're probably going to do a handful more uh, just like a couple more days in the studio and then we'll be we'll be done and then i think it'll probably come out next year that's my guess that's exciting man what sort of uh i I know you said your last one was a lot more experimental um i know you're going back to your roots here but 
could, what, what could you say is the is the new direction that you're going if you had to to really pin it down? Well, I think um, first of all, there's a lot of great big harmonies on it. I would say it's something like, you know, it's, it, there's something very American about everything in the record. It's like bit big harmonies like electric guitars all the instruments on the record are real cool uh, like instead of my last album we had you know stacks of synthesizers to the ceiling and on this album the keyboard player only plays Hammond organ uh, a Rhodes a piano and an accordion and that's it as an example like it's much more organic and rootsy kind of than than, than what I have been doing the last couple of years and that uh, sounds really exciting, actually. And it, I think it's important as a, as an artist to keep treading different water, too. You know what I mean? And not not just staying in one route. Yeah, I would say you have to go wherever the muse takes you. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to make, if you want your next record to sound like this record, Mazel Tov, do what it's you want to do. Yeah. But but uh, for me, you know, inspiration took me to this place. Uh, uh, you know, uh, getting this incredible group of musicians on board for the tour just inspired me to start writing music for this group. So it it turned. I, I didn't plan on making another album so quickly. I kind of thought that I would, you know, take a while and and you know take some time off. But mm-hmm. that's not what happened. Well, <laughs> you can't really plan life sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forever. What sort of yeah. advice would you have uh, about uh, referring to writing and recording on the road? Because here's some artists doing that, but I can't imagine it's it's the the easiest thing to do, particularly to record on the road. Like, I guess it depends on your setup, though, right? I think that writing on the road is much harder than recording. Really? On the road because yeah, because you don't have any time. Mm-hmm. Like uh, on this tour, as a for instance, you know, we would go to I we we were in a tour, we were in a bus, and so you go to sleep in the bus, you wake up in the morning. And you're in front of the venue, you load your stuff in, you know, you set up, you have, you know, it takes a, forever to set everything up. You have sound check in the afternoon. It's, you know, and then you're like trying to take a shower, you're trying to get ready. Uh, for me, I have to do press and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, it's time, time to do the meet and greet. And then you go on stage and then you get to get the gear out of the venue, get back in the bus, go to the next city. So it's, um, <laughs> it's hard to write on the road because you're always busy. Um, Recording, I think, is considerably easy. If you have access to the resources, you know, for us, like, we rented two Pro Tools rigs that we ran in tandem, so we had a real-time backup uh, of the show. Uh, I mean, like, and, you know, so some of these things are a luxury. Like, I was able to bring, we had, we brought a front-of-house engineer, a monitor engineer, and then independent of them, we also had a recording engineer recording the show. We brought all our own mics and all our own cables and all our own stands. And so that if you can control it that much, then it's easy. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like being in a studio, um, only there's people yelling. Uh, other, you know, otherwise, it's a studio. Uh, and, so, and that's really fun because you get the energy of a live performance. Um, and that's something that, you know, in the studio, you're creating your music in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And so... And over this tour, it was really exciting to take these brand new songs that no one had ever heard before and then play them in front of people. Um, so, obviously, we've, you've, we've talked about recording on the road, but what kind of advice would you give to other musicians who would want to make a living independently uh, in a similar kind of way as, as you've managed to do for the past, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years? 
Eh, 10 years, 15 years ago, I was, uh, you know, in high school. Uh, yeah, Ross, careful. <laughs> Sorry, careful. my research. Ah. He's, he's about my age, so be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be awesome if I was doing this 15 years ago. Okay. They were still paying people money to make music. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, so it, there used to be a time, it, basically every point before the digital age in the music industry, there was a person between you and worldwide distribution. So there used to be the haves and the have-nots in the music industry. And the haves were people with major label deals. They were, you know, the Rolling Stones, where you had access to worldwide distribution. So your record could be in stores and so people all over the world could get it. You had the money through a record label to hire a producer, to go into a studio, to spend time making an, an album uh, you had access to the means of promotion and all of that. And then there were the have-nots. And those are people who were like playing in the bars and they were trying to get discovered. And um, one of the things that's happened over the years, first of all, the, the, the distribution process has been democratized to, to, to an extent because you can go, you know, sign up with a company like TuneCore, which is who distributes my music, and for, I don't even know how much it costs. I believe it's like less than $100 an mm-hmm. album. You can have them distribute your music. Um, you take that, you know, you give them a record, they'll take it and they'll put it on iTunes and Spotify. And so every place that you can buy a Beyonce album or, you know, stream a Beyonce album, you could make a record in your bedroom today uh, and have it distributed there. And so that, that d- democratizing the process in that way, and then also the recording process has been democratized, uh, you know, in a much, you know, like in unbelievable ways. You can buy a, a great condenser microphone now for, you know, 200 bucks, and you can use the, the computer that you have for school and, you know, plug a microphone into it and make a record in your bedroom. And so, and, and make a pretty hi-fi, pretty good sounding record by yourself uh, with your computer and like a, a MIDI controller and a microphone. And so that's a, that's a kind of incredible thing. So what happened is by all of these things becoming possible, uh, it's taken out the person that is between the artist and putting out the record. There used to be an A&R guy who had to stake his life on you. He had to say, I believe in this band. I think we need to sign them. Let's spend a bunch of money on this. Uh, I think that this person can make the record label money eventually or, or you, know, you know, whatever. And, and now that person is gone. And so no one has asked the question of, should I do this? No one says, should I put out this record? Like, is what I am doing good? That is a question that I think is neglected too often. And so my advice to independent artists or to any artist creating any kind of art is this. Just because you can point a camera at yourself and make a 15-second clip of you singing uh, a cover song or whatever, you know, or singing your own songs, doesn't necessarily mean that you should do that. Just because you can (laughs) does not mean that you should. I just said this recently as well. (laughs) And so I think that you have to think about, you know, take time to develop your craft. Like when I was a teenager... I was writing songs, and they were bad. Uh, all you and of me them. both. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, you had to go through that to I've get ser- to the point where you could write a drop in the ocean. You know what I mean? You, you, or, or, I, yeah. you know, 
or, or whatever. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a it's a process, and you know some people are magical, and you know can can write great songs when they're teenagers, and people you know Ben Queller did that, Taylor Swift had incredible success as a teenager, mm-hmm. etc. But those people are exceptions, and that's why I could think of them and mention them. You know, they're, they're the exception that proves the rule. And so not, not that I'm saying that it, it, it matters your age, because you know, maybe you picked up the guitar when you were 27. Exactly. You know, what, I just think that everybody needs to self-assess a lot more in the, in the digital era. And so you have to think, am, is what I am doing good? Like, is this good because it never goes away all right so are you ready for 20 questions again ron (laughs) let's go for it okay coffee or tea coffee meat or veggies veggies cd or vinyl vinyl summer or winter summer canada or scotland scotland (laughs) twitter or facebook i was just kidding by the way both (laughs) Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Facebook New York or Atlanta Both Breaking Bad or Homeland Neither Eek Indie or Major <laughs> Major Bruce Springsteen or Bruce Willis Springsteen Football or Baseball Baseball Friends or Seinfeld Neither Eek again. <laughs> Simon or Garfunkel? Garfunkel. Garfunkel. <laughs> yeah. The Voice or American Idol? Neither. <laughs> Mike, I'm with you on that, brother. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Michael Bolton. Because you wrote a Be- song together. <laughs> yeah, because you wrote a song together. I mean, I love Michael Jackson, of course. Everybody, yes. you, you, everybody with, a, with ears loves Michael Jackson. But, um, yeah, Bolton has a... He's got the power grab and everything, the hair, oh, just... Now he's, got, now he's got short hair. Short he hair does have short hair, hair. It's, yeah, so he doesn't have that That's going great. for him anymore, but... Uh, but the power grab, again. He's still, he's still yeah. awesome. We're going to get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode is a plea to Michael Bolton. <laughs> is it? Is it okay? It's <laughs> <laughs> you, Roz. Twerk or work? work. Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Ricky Gervais. Whale or kale? Kale. That's because you know what's up. You know what's good for you, man. Bette Midler or the Riddler? (laughs) (laughs) Bette Midler. And finally, drum roll. Big question. Ross or Marcio? Or neither? (laughs) (laughs) Neither. <laughs> <laughs> I like that better than the first time we did it. Actually. That's more fun. Both, both, both. Hey, man, thank, that's the first time we've actually, just to our listeners and, and viewers, it's the first time we've ever actually had a problem with 20 questions. We, we did it once and we completely lost it. So thank you so much for being a good sport and uh, doing that again with us, Ron. That was, uh, it, was still, it was still fun the second time. Yeah, but, uh, getting, the, uh, getting the internet to come out of my cell phone has been exactly. uh, a journey. Yeah, it has the been. Least. But hey, it's a pleasure to be just chatting with you. So. Well, thank um, you guys for having me on. Yeah, before you go, uh, we would just like to ask, uh, is there any re- music recommendations you have? What's been uh, spinning on your probably metaphorical uh, record player these days? <laughs> Unless you are still a vinyl guy. 
You know, I do. I do keep a record player, and I have a bunch of a bunch of vinyl. Um, oh, I'm jealous. But I mean, it's hard because while while vinyl is really cool, you have like you can o- you have to be actively listening uh, uh, because you know every twenty minutes you have to turn it over unless you have one of those turntables that does it itself, and I don't. So, um, well, do you light there- artismal like candles while you put on your record player <laughs> while sp- while riding your <laughs> one gear bike? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm riding around on my fixie. Um, uh, so what are you no, listening my, to? Um, I checked out that uh, Stur- Sturgill's, or Sturgill, I don't know how you say his name, okay. Simpson. Okay. Uh, the uh, modern, that, that his record, um, or like, what are modern, was it Modern Sound? I forget what it's called. Now. Let me look. No, um, Check it out. He's um, Sturgill. Simpson. I'm gonna look right now, and I'm gonna tell you the name of the record. Okay. It's like <laughs> modern, like mo- it's like the it's like a, a play on that Charles play on that Ray Charles record, I guess. You know, his sounds were like his record was called like Modern Sounds and uh-huh. Country Music or something. Uh, and so it's like, look, I'll tell you, <laughs> I'm gonna use the internet. See, okay, if whatever, man. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those fads. It'll pass. <laughs> I mean, I know the internet told us that you released four independent albums. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so how I wrong was lies. that? Secrets and lies. That's all the yeah. internet's about. Actually, it is. It's actually so, true. So, so, yeah. <laughs> Secrets and lies. Sturgill Simpson's record is called Meta Modern Sounds in Country Music. So hmm. the last couple of days, I've been listening to that, um, and it's super rad. Uh, and so yeah, so I've been listening to that nice. a bunch. I mean, I listen to a lot of a lot of old music like a lot of a lot of my music is very old like in the last in the last year i definitely have been listening to a lot of things like from the end of the 60s and the beginning of the 70s like i listened to blonde on blonde the other day i I listened to exile on main street like once a week usually sticky fingers like most of bruce's stuff from the 70s you know like i like classic rock a, a lot but yeah i think um I don't know, like my taste is pretty broad, uh, so I kind of do do all sorts of things. Like last year, I couldn't stop listening to Haim. I listened to that Haim record like just like a crazy person. So, <laughs> so I like all sorts of stuff. Uh, awesome. I'm a music guy. Apparently, the best way to be. With you'll, you've only released yeah. a couple singles in in your day. You know what I mean? But you'll get there, man. You'll get yeah. there. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think, honestly, you know, people who uh, I feel like. People who make music tend to like all kinds of music. Like people always yeah. want to ask, "Do you have any guilty pleasures?" Well, no, because I think all music is equally valid. Nice. Like, you know, Chuck Berry only had one number one song, and it was "My Dingaling." You know that? Like, you know that I song? I didn't actually know that, that. Chuck Berry had. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. And and you know what? Chuck Berry plays that song. And he loves to play that song, and it makes him <laughs> happy to play that damn song. So he plays it, and. Uh, so I know, and that song has probably made a lot of people happy, and that—that's my take on that. Awesome. So tell uh, tell everyone where they can find you online if they want to check out uh, your music and stuff. Ronpopemusic.com and Twitter is Ronpopemusic, right, brother? I know you got to go, so we're gonna say thank you so much for being on, and uh, hopefully you'll come back soon, and uh, it'll be a less troublesome yep. this time or next time. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much, brother. Have a great time. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.